<clears throat> takes a guy in the booth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right, so here we go. How's it going, Real Dealers? It is your man, Philip Hall. How's it going, bud? Together, oh, the Real Deal Bros. Oh, hey, how's it going, everybody? Hope everybody's having a good Friday night. Welcome to the Real Deal Bros podcast slash radio show here on WSJU Radio, the number one college radio station in New York. And yeah, I hope everybody's having a good Friday night. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys are excited for the weekend. I hope you guys are out there protecting yourselves from COVID. And also, just another reminder, as like me and Terrell like to remind everybody on our show, make sure that you are registered to vote. I know uh, registration deadlines are coming up in uh, states, and I just want to make sure that everybody, like whether you're voting in by mail or you're voting in person, make sure that you are a registered voter because that is very important, especially for this year. And uh, yeah, as always, make sure you're going outside wearing your mask. As always, protect yourself from COVID. Don't go to any COVID parties. Don't do any of that Please stuff don't. because we want to keep oh, the numbers down. Please don't. Yeah. We're, we're, getting, we're getting really tired of hearing about cases popping up because people don't want to be responsible. So, yeah, we just want to remind everybody. Of, uh, New York shutting down. Like, please, man, just wear your mask. That's all you got to do. Right, exactly. This is, we just ask for one thing and one thing only. Just do it. Yeah. Oh, give me a second. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm actually going to bring my cat in with me. Oh, yeah, I got my cat with me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, tonight we got a pretty good show for you. We're going to be uh, getting into some NASCAR. Uh, I know people are probably tired of uh, t- uh, hearing about NASCAR on the on the station, but really, I don't know. Like, we're, it's like, it's kind of in the meat of the season. It's playoff time. And yeah, it's a good time to talk about because there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, we're going to be talking about uh, t- new teams that are going to be starting up next year and talk about the schedule change. Uh, for next for 2021 and we're also going to give you guys some playoff updates so uh yeah so um i think well i'd like to uh, where do you think we should start because we got a whole list of things to talk about i think we should start with the fact that michael jordan will be the first minority owner of a nascar team in the history of nascar oh yeah definitely yeah so the big announcement that took place a few weeks ago uh, is that uh, driver Denny Hamlin of Joe Gibbs Racing was actually also last week's winner at Talladega, uh, clinching his spots in the next round of the playoffs. He, like, as of next year, he will be starting a partnership uh, uh, with with uh, Michael Jordan's new team in regards to Michael Jordan coming into NASCAR, being the first black minority owner of a NASCAR team, first minority black owner in history since Wendell Scott. And uh, the driver that will be filling in that seat for the for the car that will be soon revealed for Michael Jordan and Dan Hamlin's new team is not nobody other than Bubba Wallace. I know it's it's a big deal, people. I mean, Bubba Wallace being the only black driver in NASCAR, and especially just the you know things that he's been doing this year, and just like how he's been having that voice of diversity within the sport, especially with uh, the the racial uh, justice that's going on uh, this whole year, uh, speaking out about racism in sports, like particularly NASCAR and just being that uh, that voice uh, for the people. You know, we definitely, I think that this is a big opportunity for Bo Wallace, but I definitely want to go more into that decision being made. And I feel like this is a, this is good for Bo because, you know, even though he's 
you know, got his foot in the door with uh, Richard Petty uh, Motorsports so to get him into to the Cup Series. Of course, you know, he's worked his way through the NASCAR rankings like most of the drivers have. And, uh, yeah, especially with the sponsorships that are going to Bubble offering him deals. I mean, if you look at this guy's sponsorship portfolio, it is stacked with a lot of big names and, you know, names that are probably always want to try to break into NASCAR but just can find a driver to – you know, give a sponsorship to. I mean, he's got Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. DoorDash, Cash App, um, Kingsford, Columbia, McDonald's. I mean, yeah, like this guy's this guy's sponsorship portfolio is something I wish my stock portfolio could look like. And I'm pretty sure I just could say the same thing. <laughs> and let me tell you, this is going to be a huge game changer, especially in NASCAR. Hell, just motorsports in general. I mean, Bubba Wallace and Michael Jordan working together within the same vicinity i mean that's a big deal that's a pretty big deal you don't get that out of nowhere oh and especially like when you got a name like michael jordan i mean michael jordan everybody knows him as you know the greatest basketball player of all time but really he's really just like a sports icon overall across the board like it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. you know what sport a pro athlete is playing right now like every athlete grew up idolizing michael jordan because he had that like he transcended like just pop culture and sports overall, just with his brand, with his play style. And I know that you know Michael Jordan, of course, him being a being from North Carolina and North Carolina being the hub for NASCAR, you know, it's definitely a big deal. He like I'm pretty sure he has a lot of connections with people within the sport, especially with his partnership that he's had with Denny Hamlin for the past few years. Denny Hamlin, you know, not only you know is being sponsored by FedEx, but also you know being sponsored by the Jordan brand itself. Uh, and with him uh, setting up this partnership with Jordan and giving Bubba Wallace a, a big opportunity in the sport, like an opportunity that that we believe that he he deserves, you know, this is going to be this is huge. And I feel like this is uh, not just going to be huge for Bubba, but also going to be huge for just you know more young fans coming into NASCAR. When you you know, of course, when you got Bubba and you also got Michael Jordan, who's you know like again idolized by so many young folk, you know, that's going to be a big deal for bringing in more young fans and this is not only going to bring in more young fans this is going to bring in any and everybody that knows about that knows that even knows about this motorsport i mean mm-hmm. when you think about it he's actually tapping into our generation he is like what we actually like what we actually aspire to what we actually gravitate towards in terms of trend in terms of electronics in terms of data just when you really think about it, he tapped into that one data set and actually took advantage. And I can't appreciate that. And I just can't appreciate that enough. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like just the algorithm of, you know, just the way this partnership is going to work is definitely set up in a way that's definitely going to be uh, good for everybody. It's going to be good for, good for Bubba, good for fans, good for ownership, good for, you know, NASCAR being seen in the more, uh, more of the mainstream eyes. Yeah, definitely the sponsorships too. Like, like Bubba already has his sponsorships lined up for you know who's going to come in next year. Uh, like, I, I can only imagine what Michael Jordan's probably going to bring to the table. There's probably going to be some sponsors coming. Uh, it's coming to him saying, "Hey, you know, we heard you got Bubba, and you heard, you know, you're starting up your own team. Maybe we can help you, mm-hmm. you know, fund it so you guys can stay competitive." And I really feel like that's gonna, that's the end goal for Bubba. He, I know, like you know how bad he wants to win. I mean, like watching that race last week at Talladega, he was really close. It, like, you know, he led ten laps, laps there, and uh, unfortunately, he did crash at the end. But you know, just knowing like his competitive spirit and just knowing how, you know, not only is he 
you know, kind of considered just the, you know, kind of like the, like the missing link for NASCAR, like you no know, NASCAR's missing link has always been diversity. And, you know, just with him, you know, being the only black driver in the, in the whole sport. He's and of course, embodiment of diversity. Right. Like, yeah. And he's a representative for it. And like, he's proud of it. And yeah, I feel like, yeah, this is going to be a big deal for him. And I'm definitely real excited about it. And, you know, there's also, you know, been some talk about, you know, like uh, other teams or like other star teams are, are breaking into NASCAR. Now I know um, another team was a track house team, which is uh, you know, um, like, like an organization that's very, very into STEM. Like um, as Charles has away from me, I'm going to explain a little bit about track house. Yeah. Daniel Suarez, um, the, like the only Mexican driver in NASCAR right now, he's going to be driving for track house next year. And the number that they're going to be running is 99 and they're going to be running a Chevy engine. And I believe for uh, Denny Hamlin, and Michael Jordan's team, they're going to be sticking with a Toyota engine, which is, uh, you know, probably, uh, pro- which is probably expected knowing Denny Hamlin's ties to Joe Gibbs racing and their Toyota um, engine department. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a, you know, a war of manufacturers for sure. And um, yeah, you know, I feel like, yeah, these are some good moves that are being made. And I think another big announcement that was announced uh, earlier this week, of course, you know, everybody knows that Jimmy Johnson, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, he's going into his final season uh, in NASCAR. And the, the car and the driver that is going to be fulfilling and driving the 48 car in the near future is Alex Bowman, who is a fellow Hendrick Motorsports teammate of Jimmy Johnson. Alex Bowman, young driver. He has been driving the 88 uh, for most or majority of his career so far with Hendrick and Motorsports. And with him moving over to the 48, I feel like that's a big opportunity. Uh, definitely some big shoes to fill. I mean, you're driving the car of a guy that's, that won seven championships and, you know, is tied for the most all time with those championships. And yeah, those are definitely some big shoes to fill. But I think Alex Bowman moving over to the 48 is definitely. And give him some more confidence. And I know the expectations are going to be pretty high for the type of driver that he is and the type of team that Hendrick Moore Sports has been known to be. You know, he's still going to have Chase Elliott around him, still going to have William Byron around him. But uh, yeah, that's definitely, you know, something to look forward to. And another initial announcement as well is that young star Haley Deegan is going to be lined up to make, make a start in the truck race at Kansas in the next few weeks. So yeah, Ellie Deegan, you know, she's been definitely having a good year in ARCA. You know, she, she's still pretty young. She's still 18. So, but she is one of the, um, like, a NASCAR prodigy that has climbed through the record slowly and could possibly be the face of NASCAR in the next few years. Again, she is very young, but, you know, you look at her social media presence and just her performance on the track in the ARCA series, she's definitely uh, been a name to watch and definitely been on uh, target list for many cup teams and hoping to sign her for the near future. But again, um, you know, she has said herself that she's not in a rush to make it to the cup series yet. She just wants to work in the lower levels and develop herself, which is all fair uh, and fair and safe to say, of course, especially for how young she, ha- she is and how much time she has to get up to that top level in the sport. You def, but you definitely look at, you know, her presence, like even really with her being a young driver, her being a female driver, and knowing that the sport has been pushing more for no, not just diversity as far as ethnicity, but as far as diversity as well as gender. And, you know, her being like an up and coming female driver, that's definitely, you know, a big statement, especially in a sport that's dominated by men. 
And that has historically been dominated by men. There's only been a few drivers, a few female drivers that have been, have made a name for themselves in NASCAR, you know, going back to Janet Guthrie. And of course, you know, most recently Danica Patrick, she raced in the NASCAR cup series for a few years before she uh, hung it up. And um, yeah, I feel like Haley Ding is going to be uh, the ne- next in line to lead the wave of female drivers in the near future. And I'm definitely very excited for that. I feel like that's what the sport needs, especially for the way things are now. But uh, yeah, I feel like this is going to be a big deal. Hold on, just give me a second real quick. I got to handle my cat over here. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely a lot to look forward to. And um, yeah, I think with that, um. I'm sure, really sure what Terrell's doing, but um, yeah, I'm just gonna keep it going here until it gets back. I'm like, we'll definitely uh, elaborate more on that. But um, of course, you know, we are in the thick of the playoffs right now. Uh, this upcoming weekend is the elimination race at the Charlotte Roval. Yes, the Charlotte Roval. So that's gonna be the concluding race for the round of 12. And yeah, there's some, some drivers coming in with a lot of live stake. And uh, really, before I go into the Charlotte Roval, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the Talladega race that happened last week. And yeah, like as always, you know, Talladega is <laughs> any race at Talladega is always going to be a crazy race. But I think this one really takes a cake for you know the crazy races that have occurred in recent years. Talladega. Oh, there he is. Terrell, Terrell's back with us. Sorry about that. Uh, I had to quickly step away to take care of one piece of business. But um, yeah, about the Jordan about the Jordan and Bubba Wallace alliance. I call it mm-hmm. an alliance. I know that's not what other people would call it, but for me, I like the fact that there's going to be a whole lot more profits mm-hmm. coming towards both NASCAR and the sponsorships. Not only that, and that would include their competition, which would be the um, what was that other company? That track company. Yeah, track yeah, track, company? yeah, track, track house team. Track house uh, like Daniel Suarez is going to be a driver for that. Yeah. I love the fact that there's going to be profits coming in for both of the main opponents. And I consider, mm-hmm. I consider these two the top two opponents for one reason. One, in terms of publicity and relevance. Two, they're going to have far more of an outreach towards younger fans. And there's right. going to be a younger fan base. So with our generation, we like something that's, you know, a bit trendy and a bit, and something with high tech. So given that Bubba Wallace is going to be in there, that's going to be the most biggest game changer ever, especially within 2020 in general. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This year, this whole year has like solidified the changes that NASCAR is being made as, as far as reaching to a young population. I mean, it started out with the wall speaking up about, you know, racism happening in the country after the George Floyd murder. Then you go into him speaking about NASCAR you know, taking away the Confederate flag uh, at, at the racetracks. You know, the Confederate flag ban at, at NASCAR is a big, is a pretty big deal. And then, you know, you have that new situation that happened at Talladega back in June. Again, that got cleared up. It was just, a, you know, the, the misunderstanding. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you know, I definitely value the importance of why racism doesn't have a place in the sport and how time, the, the, the way that times are changing, you know, it definitely shows that, hey, you know, these are the people we need to be supporting more in order for us to reach that demogra- a particular demographic, which is something NASCAR has always been an effort to do. They want to reach a demographic of young fans, diverse fans, and hopefully that could, you know, go into, you know, young kids thinking about, hey, you know, 
Like I see, I see Bubba Wallace doing what he's doing. All right. I see Daniel Suarez doing what he's doing. All right. I see uh, Haley Deegan doing, doing what she's doing. You know, maybe I could do this too. And, you know, like, like we're like, they're just hit They're NASCAR just been doing a good job of trying to hit every target. You know, you're trying to get more diverse drivers, you're trying to get uh, gender and quality in the sport. And, mm-hmm. you know, like with the names and the faces that are coming up through the system, that's what's being displayed. And on that note, it also reminds me of the United States Navy. Now, I know this is not really a military <laughs> channel, but like I like how both the Navy and NASCAR are targeting the key points of diversity in terms of race, ethnic, or ethnicity, if you will, and gender equality. And <clears throat> my recruiter actually told me that they're looking for more African-American officers, both male and female, which that I didn't know. I just thought people were actually volunteering. <laughs> and they were just rising up through the ranks and it's kind of like nascar it's just like the same voluntary process but it's not so it's actually like a very specific agenda which i can actually appreciate yeah it's very specific and um yeah like i don't know if you heard about the news about uh i, I think like when you're away i kind of talked a little bit i think everybody that's listening kind of heard mm-hmm. about um the big news about alex bowman uh, stepping in to, you know, for Jimmy Johnson next year. Of course, Jimmy Johnson, oh, yeah, this being his last year. Yeah, Alex Bowman driving the 48 car. And again, big shoes to fill, especially Jimmy Johnson being a, nat- a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, mm-hmm. tied of tied all-time with the great Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt. And yeah, I know that's definitely a big deal for Alex Bowman, you know, just carrying on the 48 legacy, especially with uh, his ties to Hendrick Motorsports and everything. Yeah, he's He's young too. Like oh, he's a young guy. He's like between 26, 27, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old. He's yeah, yeah. He's like twenties, but yeah, he's still a young guy at heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty young, and to have an opportunity at that with like driving the former car of Jimmy Johnson, I mean, that's a huge honor. Yeah, actually, um, earlier this morning, I was uh. Uh, Jimmy Johnson was on CBS this morning and mm-hmm. I did an interview with, uh, with the CBS staff, you know, Gail King, everybody. Mm-hmm. And he, and he even mentioned how, you know, he brought up uh, the, the Bubba Wallace thing with, you know, him partnering with Michael Jordan and them starting a race team. And Jimmy Johnson said like, yeah, it's definitely big for the sport, especially for the way things are and how, you know, it's going to reach a younger demographic, which is something the sport has always need really always needed. And, you know, they've had it in the past, but, you know, for the past years, it's been kind of dying off. Not like young fans are in the NASCAR as much as you know, they used to be. But again, that's just that just came with a change in generation and what our generation uh, gravitates towards. And, you know, again, like, again, that's why, you know, when, when, he, when he talked about the uh, Wallace joining uh, Michael Jordan, he said, like, yeah, it's definitely a big deal for him. And I feel like, you know, even though he, he is leaving the sport after this year, you know, there is going to be some you know, a sense of popularity that young fans can gravitate towards because, you know, Jimmy Johnson, he's a, he's a very well-known guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like people, of course, know him for the championships. But, you know, people are starting to know who Bubba Wallace is. People are starting to know who Chase Elliott is. And, you know, it's, you know like, it, it, like it's starting to become a little bit more, you know, um, youthful in a way. You know, these young drivers are really making a name for themselves. And not only that, it's become far, it's become, it's starting to become far more popular in terms of both virtual and actual, like, mm-hmm. physically, in terms of, like, getting the thrill from the actual race itself. Right. Yeah. 
yeah, be like a huge game changer. So with Alex Bowman, I wish him the best of luck. Oh yeah, yeah, we all we all do. Yeah, again, big shoes to fill, but I think he could uh, you know, fill those shoes just right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I actually I want to go into uh, some of the some of the playoff drama that's been happening. So um, yeah, throughout like if you saw that Talladega race last weekend, yeah, a bit crazy race at Talladega, but I'm pretty sure you know we've came to know that every race at Talladega is always going to be a crazy one. But uh, mm-hmm. I think this one really takes the cake, not only for it being a being a playoff race, but just the way that ended. So, um, you know, if you go back and watch the highlight of the last lap, you can see that, you know, you know, of course, cars wrecking in the back, almost kind of like a movie style where, uh, you know, you cars wrecking in the rearview mirror, but you're headed to the finish line. Well, there was some controversy involved because – you know, Denny Hamlin, he 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 came he came out and won the race, but yeah. there was some controversy of him going below the yellow line when he came out of turn four, and then they go into the trial. And then of course, you know, he's lined up with Matt Benedetto, and like they came like like within like what a, ten, a tenth of a second at the finish line, but Hamlin oh, still yeah, edged yeah, out Matt thousands of a second. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a close finish. It was yeah, yeah, it was it was close. But um mm. but, but what was crazy though is that the funny thing is, even though Matt Benedetto, he didn't necessarily do anything wrong besides, you know, maybe force a guy down to the line, but didn't really, like, but he was doing it in a way where he was trying to avoid a wreck. They mm-hmm. actually penalized him. Even though technically he did finish in second place, he got penalized and te- and he, they brought him, and NASCAR had to bring him back and say, like, yeah, you fin- they actually finished 22nd because you forced a guy down to the yellow line, which is against the rule. But um, I, I guess to kind of you know give the listeners at home like the idea of what it means like with the yellow, the whole yellow line rule, like if you if you look at a NASCAR track and you see like the double yellow line, it's like it's like the double yellow line that you see on see, see on the city street or on the freeway. Like you never want to cross that line because you know you're going into oncoming traffic. Like well in NASCAR the double yellow line it works in a similar way where you don't want to go past that line. Uh, the only difference is like, you know, there's no oncoming traffic. You just, you just can't pass anybody when you go below it. But um, yeah, yeah, there's a, it was a controversial finish and yeah, I don't know. And then I remember after the broadcast on NBC, I heard uh, Dale and Hart Jr. say that they just need to get rid of the yellow line rule. I don't know. How do you think about, what do you think about that, Terrell? I mean, it's not really illegal per se, but in a way it is, it goes like against the ground rules because there's supposed to be a boundary within each car, especially mm-hmm. one that's aerodynamically flawed. I mean, how do you know you're not going to wreck a guy that's literally about to come out from the pit station and you're just going to cross that yellow line? That's basically right. why it's there in the first place. So that way the mm-hmm. guy, whoever was in the pit stop, can actually have a chance to come on out. And they know that the yellow line means caution. I mean, mm-hmm. before you take that turn, you don't want to get hit. So I can't really say that it should stick there, but I can't say that it shouldn't. I, I mean, really, it's just, it, it's not only like a ground rule set said for racing. It's just, you know, it, it's kind of like a code because, you know, like it's like in a way it's, it's seen as like fair play. You know, you don't want to, because like if somebody tries to pass you, if you're speeding down the backstretch and somebody tries to pass you below the yellow line, you know, that kind of risk the advantage because it didn't have to work through all the traffic, especially at Talladega. I mean, you know, with the way of how wide that, how wide the track is, you know, like just going, just going past the yellow line and passing the guy, you know, it's not, that's not really a sign of fair play at all. I mean, but, um, it wasn't a bad thing either. He didn't wreck the guy. 
I mean, I know, he, I know. He, he did the best he could in terms of driving strategy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that, that's all. That's all that happened. But um, again, like you no, know, there's a there's a lot of people upset by the way that that race finished. Like people thought that Benedetto had that race won, and uh, you know at times you know I felt for him. Like that's why like I wish I wish Tay could be on with us because you no, know, Tay he's a huge Denny Hamlin fan, and you know, I'm pretty sure he watched the race on Sunday, and I think he could. You know, he, he could kind of, you know, give his thoughts of how he felt on it. But um, again, like, no, we'll just have to save that for another episode. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, like, you know, Danny Hamlin, even though, like, he, he did still win the race regardless. So, you know, NASCAR still had, still gave him the win, uh, especially with all that, that happened. And, you know, fans, they weren't too happy about the result, especially, you know, just kind of knowing, like, that there wasn't enough, you know, authority involved as far as trying to, you know, set up the positioning and just the, just the official results. Um, yeah, again, this, it's just a, it's just a discussion that needs to be had and probably will be put into consideration when NASCAR, you know, resets the rule book for next year. Um, like, yeah, but like, as far as like trying to reset the rule book, I mean, you know, you, you, you kind of have to let things happen for what, for, you know, how they happen. You know, again, this is like, that's like one, one reason why I love watching NASCAR is that it's a sport of surprises. I mean, you like, you never, you never know who's going to win. Like you never know, you know, when the big wreck is going to happen. Like you never know, you know, who's, you know, who's going to do what the decisions, like the decisions are always going to be made on the fly. I mean, there's no, there's no linear, uh, there's no linear motive that's involved in racing in general. Mm-hmm. And there's always a close call too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, getting, getting rid of the yellow line. I'm. That's a hard. That's a hard one. I mean, I, I, there's just so many things that could have happened if you like got rid of that yellow line. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's a code to it, but if you get rid of the yellow line, then how will that driver know when to actually make switch the lane? I mean, there's a reason I mean, for everything. I mean, I feel like it's not so much that the yellow line needs to be, you know, uh, eliminated per se. I think there just needs to be more authoritation behind it. Like there wasn't, again, like, they're, like NASCAR didn't really step up with their authoritation this week, uh, last weekend after the race because you I mean, know like safety guidelines. I mean, shouldn't they have used that to back up like the reason behind the yellow line? I, I mean, you could you could pull the safety guideline card as much as you want, but again, you're putting some teams at disadvantage, or teams are going to feel like, oh man, NASCAR cheated us because. You know, we didn't follow the, the rules the way that they wanted to. I mean, because of because in some ways it would look scripted if you know they like they would have gave the winner to Benedetto. And you know, obviously, you know, sometimes some guys don't want to play by the rules, or maybe NASCAR just doesn't want to accept the rules that they mandate. Again, like it's hit or miss with that, but you know, that could go in one ear out the other. But you know, it's just about it's just about men like you know authoritation. I think NASCAR mm-hmm. just needs to do a better job at authoritating authoritating their rules uh, to make the make the sports seem fair. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I guess like you know to kind of go more into about what's going on in the playoffs. You know, um, you know the round of twelve, pretty interesting round. Um, Kurt Busch, you know, Kurt Busch, he won his home track hometown track at Las Vegas. 
uh, the week before Talladega, and then Danny Hamlin won Talladega. And then, of course, the big race coming, uh, coming up this weekend, you know, it was actually uh, taking place in Terrell's hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, the, the Charlotte Roval is going to be taking place this weekend. And knowing that's a road course race, uh, it's definitely going to be some, there's, there's going to be some strategical calls that involved in that race on Sunday. That's going to be an interesting race. I can already <laughs> see it coming. <laughs> yeah, I know the favorite going in, and this guy, he's, he's really considered a road course ringer. I know it's going to be my guy, Chase Elliott. And, um, he's starting to become the, the road course ringer in NASCAR. Like oh, Just about every track that he's won at and within his career has been on a road course. I mean, he's won at Watkins Glen. He's won at the he's, he's won he won the Daytona Road Course back in uh, back back in the summer. He's won he won the Charlotte Roll Race last year, and looking to try to repeat and uh, like with, with Charlotte Roll win. Of course, you know he's he's sitting in a good spot right now in the playoffs. You know he's in that top five. So the cutoff line right now is at eight, and the bottom four drivers that are like on the cusp of elimination is uh, Kyle Busch, who's uh, uh, 21 points out, Austin Dillon, 21 points out, Clint Boyer, who actually made the announcement this this week that he's retiring at the end of the season. He's in a must-win situation with him standing at a minus 38 points out. So, yeah, he's in a must. So he, he would need to win on Sunday to move on to the round of eight. And then you have Eric Amarola, who is also in a must-win situation. He needs, he needs to get a win to move into the round of eight. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, this, this – uh, this uh, uh, Charlotte Roll race is going to be definitely a test uh, of just fight. You know, who's who, like which one of these uh, guys that are on the cusp of elimination are going to try to try to make it out alive and make it to the next round. Hmm. Who do you think has a shot of winning of winning this round? Kyle Busch or um, let me see. Well, as far as a guy, as, as far as uh, the guy that I think can can possibly make it in to the next round. Like who's in a situation where they might get eliminated? Um, uh, yeah, I, I would have to say Kyle Busch because you know Austin Dillon doesn't really want run that well in road courses. Clint Boyer, he yeah, he, he's all, he's around road courses, but I think he's kind of he, he's kind of checked out because I, I think he kind of like even though he did say like he did quote himself this week that yeah our plan like we just gotta go out I just gotta go out and drive and I'm gonna win on Sunday. And yeah, if he if he if he wants to speak that to his ex- existence, I'm not going to blame him for his confidence. But um, you know, he's just not really. He doesn't really seem like a guy that that like lets his um lets his driving skills to the talking. If I'm making sense, I mean, mm-hmm. and all because in all honesty, I never really was a huge Clint Boyer fan, especially when he made the announcement when they made the announcement that he was going to be driving uh, the 14 for uh, Stuart Haas Racing. You know, Tony Stewart's uh, former car. And um, me, you know, being a, being a Tony Stewart fan, uh, like when he was racing, you know, yeah, I didn't really see that going so well as far as Clint Boyer taking this car. I felt like they could have gave it to somebody better. But, um, yeah, but, um, of course, you know, with him making the announcement that he's retiring, that kind of opens up the seat for Chase Briscoe, who's uh, driving for Stewart Haas in the Xfinity Series. And, like, he's already met his quota for how many races he just need to win. I mean, he, he like, before um, before last week, you know, he won back to back at Bristol and Vegas, and he also won the first two stages in the Xfinity race at Talladega last week. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be in a good position to take Clint Boyer's ride, uh, driving the 14 in the Cup Series next week. They just got 
you know, put 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 in paper on a contract, and then you just got you just got to put the pencil into the paper. Mm-hmm. And especially with Kyle Bush, I say he has a pretty higher chance. He has a pretty higher chance rather than Mr. Gilmore because, given his like skill and his drive, given his driving skill and the fact, I believe he won the Daytona, or was that? Or am I thinking of another young driver? Another young driver. I mean, Kyle Bush, like he he wrecked he wrecked at the end of back back of Daytona. But um, okay. well, like, well, like he like well the last in the last road course race that was on the schedule, it was at um it was at the Daytona road course, and he didn't do well there either. I mean, like he, he like again like this is the longest stretch that Kyle Busch has gone without winning a race, and I feel like you know that like, it was of course with him being the reigning the reigning uh, Cup Series champion. That should bring some concern to people like, hey, is he even going to make it to the championship four? Is he going to even be racing for a championship in Phoenix? Like, we don't know. So, I I don't know. He might have a few tricks up his sleeve. I feel like he's deliberately, you know, staying quiet. And he'll just let his strategy come out once he's on the track. I mean, given that he's won so many races in the Cup Series, I mean, you don't find it just a little strange that he's not really, you know, practicing as much for the road course, let alone, like, studying over the strategies over his past couple of races, like how to avoid a wreck? <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, I think it's just it's just bad strategy calls. I mean, I mean like, he, he's, he's, tend, he's, he's, he's known to be the driver to rattle your cage. I mean, again, like, people – compare him to like a modern day Dale Earnhardt but um you know right now he's not really showing the aggression that he's that he's been known to have he's just been kind of you know laying in the cut and they're like oh you know I'm just gonna just gonna ride out see what see what happens and uh yeah I mean like yeah I just don't I don't see that I don't see that fighting him I don't see you know a reason to you know for 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 fans to hate him because i know like fans like fans they don't they don't like Kyle Busch and like they like and Kyle Busch knows that i mean like he he feeds off the haters but so far the haters haven't really you know had anything to say to him besides like oh yeah he's just having a bad season yeah, he's definitely not doing something right he needs to talk to his crew chief i i i think so too and yeah it's, it's not going to be and i'm not going to be surprised if he could at least pull out a top 5 at the roval um just knowing uh, where he sits right now in the playoffs. I mean, I think for Austin Dillon, I, I th- Austin Dillon, he's been like a bit of a surprise for me because I thought he was going to stay in this playoff hunt because I was out like, like earlier, earlier in the playoffs, like in the round of 16, you know, I've seen, seeing how he did at Darlington when he finished in second behind Kevin Harvick and um, like at Richmond, you know, he, like he won a stage at Richmond or like he came close to winning a stage at Richmond. You know, he, like Austin, like like people were surprised by how good he he's been doing in the playoffs, and you know, like and he, he surprised me. I mean, you know, Austin, Dillon, he, even though he's carrying on the legacy of driving the number three car for Richard Childress, of course, you know, number three being famously driven by again Dale Earnhardt. I think we've mentioned his name a lot of times already in in this episode, but yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I, again, he's in all honesty, I don't think he will ever be like Dale Earnhardt. I, I've said that before, but I don't, I don't uh, doubt him on his ability to win and on his, and on his talent. Cause I do see him as, you know, a, 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 at least a decent driver. I mean, I, I rarely say that about a lot of guys. And um, I guess with uh, Eric Amarola, I don't really know 
what's been going on with him. I think he's kind of just uh, resting on his laurels as far as, you know, making the playoffs out of luck. I think he just, he just got lucky this year. And, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it's just going to be interesting to see what, what goes down at the Roble. Mm-hmm. And yeah. let's see which best man will win. That's all I can say from there. Yeah. Again, like I'm saying, like my money's on Chase Elliott, just knowing how good, good of a road course oh, the racer he is. In the bag. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like the guy, I mean, like he could walk the track and still win. Like, <laughs> the man can literally drive blindfolded and he'll still win. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, he's just that good. Like, he just has that, you know, just that raw talent as a road course, as a road course ringer. And, like, you know, there's, there's like few drivers in the Cup Series that, you know, like can win on a road course consistently. I mean, I, I think Jay Sullivan, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been this competitive in the playoffs if they're, weren't uh, road course races and there's only been like two road course races but i actually want to go into <laughs> again the importance of these road course races that are coming up but in particular it's with the the schedule that's set up for next year so you know of course you know nascar in 2020 they've definitely been experimenting with a lot of uh, stuff like you no know, different tracks to drive on rule changes and everything like that and for 2021, for the 2021 season next year, they made a few changes with the schedule, uh, starting off with the preseason races, like the, the Bush Clash is going to be run not on the Daytona Oval this year, but on the Daytona Road Course. So um, they're going to have the Bush Clash. And then uh, another new track that they're going to add. Not, not, it's not particularly a new track, but they're a new surface. They're going like for the Bristol Spring Race, they're going to be running a dirt race. So they're going to be covering the track at Bristol mm-hmm. with dirt. So NASCAR is kind of doing a tribute back to their roots starting out on dirt on dirt track. So it's kind of like, yeah, tri- like a tribute to, you know, NASCAR's roots of starting out on dirt tracks. So they're going to be doing a dirt race at Bristol for the Cup Series. Um, I don't know. Like, what do you think about that? What do you think about the uh, like NASCAR going back to dirt? I mean, I think it's great because, you know, I used to actually ride BMX when I was younger. Most people don't know that. And the fact that they're putting dirt back on the tracks, I mean, that's going to be a fun thing to watch. Yeah, you know, at first when I heard that news, I kind of thought that was like a gimmick. Like, yeah, it, it, like a dirt race, and it just seems a little too gimmicky for me. But, um, and I, I do understand why NASCAR is pushing for more, you know, of a, uh, more about a diverse look in their tracks and just the, the way that they uh, promote themselves. So yeah, again, like it, it does sound a little bit gimmicky, um, but I feel like it, it should be exciting because like, there's actually, I, and I think there's a lot of guys in the cup series that are excited to even have a dirt race. I know I'm really the only dirt race that um, the NASCAR, the NASCAR has been able to run has been just the, the truck series races at Eldora. You know, that's really the only notable dirt race in recent years that NASCAR has been able to do, like just a truck race at Eldora. But um, for Bristol, you know, just knowing, you know, that layout of the track and knowing that they've had, you know, they, they've had dirt dirt races there in the past, not particularly NASCAR, but like, you know, late, late models and, you know, like mm-hmm. Sprint, the Sprint and, mid, and Midget cars, you know, that's, I feel like you know, to put some stock cars out on the, on the Bristol service, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, like, uh, but like there's some cup series drivers that have dirt racing backgrounds, you know, um, Alex Bowman, you know, he has a background, he's a background in dirt racing, uh, I think, uh, Eric Jones, Christopher Bell, you know, a few of those guys, they have backgrounds in, in dirt Bell racing. I might have this one in the bag too. 
Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's still uh, kind of unclear what Christopher Bell is going to be doing. There's like some rumors going around saying that he is going to be the replacement for Eric Jones or at Joe Gibbs Racing driving the 20 car. But uh, yeah, I do agree. Like uh, a guy, like one of the guys that has the dirt racing experience is probably going to have the upper hand going into that Bristol Sprint race. You know, mm-hmm. like because like because like what what's crazy is you know the, the guys that have raced on dirt. I mean, Ricky Stenhouse. You know, apart from like doing like Ricky Stenhouse here, apart from doing NASCAR, he does he races in the World of Outlaw series, um, just like off the side, and like they they pretty much race at, like every night of the week. And they say that, you know, it's good that the guys that can get, the drivers that can get practice on dirt, dirt racing or on dirt tracks is that the way that you steer the wheel, like, you know, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's a lot, you know, we got to have some endurance to steer the wheel. And, you know, just knowing like in dirt racing kind of helps, helps you understand how the cars can handle and like, you know, how, you know, when to, you know, turn right, uh, like turn, turn right. Um, when you're really turning left, you know, it's like, it's like drifting in, in a way, mm-hmm. you know, like when you drift, you know, you gotta, you know, understand like the radius of the wheel and, and just, you know, tr- try to make sure you hold a steady line. And, you know, I, I'm not sure how they're going to set up Bristol for, for it. Like, I don't know if like, you know, the, what the wheels are like with the suspension and on the cars. I don't, I'm not exactly sure yet of how they're going to have that set up, but you know, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be uh, new, new to some guys in the Cup Series, but and it's also going to be second nature to the other guys to have that dirt racing background. Mm-hmm. So, if anything, it's going to be a pretty interesting race. It might, it might be. I'm, I'm excited for that. I mean, I think it's something new. It's something new. But um, yeah, but I'm going really going back to the dirt, the 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 um, or not not dirt, sorry, uh, the road course races. You know, um, they added three new road course tracks to the NASCAR schedule for 2021. Uh, a brand new track being the Circuit of the Americas uh, down in Austin, Texas. Um, Circuit of the Americas, like um, for all the uh, Formula One fans out there, that's where they, that's usually like the host track for the United States Grand Prix when Formula One comes over to the United States. And, um, you know, of course, that IndyCar, they've raced there in the past as well. And knowing that this is going to be the first time for NASCAR to go down to Coda, you know, that's <laughs> not, not, not Dakota, but, you know, Coda, C-O-T-A. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, knowing that it's going to be NASCAR's first time going down there. And, of course, you know, they've, they've already done some testing down there uh, for the races that are set to take place there in the future. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a big deal. I was actually kind of hoping that NASCAR could have scheduled that race in a way where they had, like, a weekend triple header where you would have had – you know, Formula One, IndyCar, and NASCAR racing just in one whole weekend—that could have been the, mm-hmm. it could have been a big, uh, you know, a revenue generator as far as you know, just getting fans to the track. Well, I think they did the right thing by spacing it out a bit, given that it's a pandemic and they don't really want anyone to get sick. So I think it's out of simply like the fact that they're trying to follow the guidelines that were set by the so-called CDC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're not even sure if uh, fans are going to be able even be able to go to these races next year, knowing that the like how bad the pandemic has gotten or um, and how bad continues uh, continues getting, especially with, you know, the whole thing with, um, you know, like uh, tr- like Trump getting, getting, getting tested positive and then like, you know, him saying that, you know, like most states not even having like masks as a requirement in, uh, in, indoors anymore. 
Yeah, like it's, it's, it's still in the question if fans are even going to be showing up to these tracks or, you know, even if, um, you know, per se, like Formula One, excuse me, or IndyCar even wants to go to the races, just knowing how congested it'll be for them just to be there a whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, it's going to be a pretty interesting weekend when, when you think about it. Yeah. Well, again, like, like I think Formula One is still trying to figure out what their schedule is going to be, but I always have to wait to do that. But I am, I am excited to see a new track be added to the um, NASCAR schedule. And, you know, uh, other additional tracks being I run America, which is kind of already a track that um, ex- like the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series already run at uh, up in Wisconsin. And then, of course, you have the uh, Indianapolis Road Course, which is already being uh, ran by IndyCar and the Xfinity Series. They ran a race there. Um, like uh, back back in um, back in July, mm-hmm. um, Chase Briscoe won that race. So yeah, keep that in mind. Yeah, definitely remember the name Chase Briscoe. But um, a, a new track that I'm actually very excited for. It, it's not a road course. It's just a regular, you know, two mile oval oval track. It's a uh, Nashville Super Speedway. And the reason why I'm excited for it is that Nashville last year was actually the host city that hosted the NASCAR uh, NASCAR Banquet Awards at the end of the year last year. And of course, you know, NASCAR going back to Nashville, you know, NASCAR was, fam- was famously known for racing at the Nashville fairgrounds, but um, you know, going, knowing that uh, National Super Speedway is going to reopen, like National Super Speedway has been closed for about seven years. They closed their last race that they had was in Xfinity race back in 2013, but they are going to be reopening it for the 2021 season. So a cup series race will be taking place there. And yeah, I feel like that's good for the city in Nashville. Actually, I'm I'm kind I'm kind of thinking about trying to go down there myself and uh you know like go check out that race. It might be a pretty smooth track. Oh yeah, like I mean, if you go back and watch the highlights of Nashville, I mean it's like like you you could pretty much run it wide open there. Like it's this the track is, that's built built that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, what do you think? With Nashville, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool down there, especially with the fact that you know you have great weather. So I'm wondering, how will this race play out? It's like who's gonna win within that one second mm-hmm. of that race? You know, it's hard it's hard to say because I none of the Cup guys are like like yeah none of the Cup guys have that much experience there. I mean. The track was only out like NASCAR only ran ran there for in like in like a twelve year span like two thousand one to twenty thirteen, mm-hmm. so you know like not and not a lot of guy and a lot most of the guys that are racing the Cup Series today they never even you know been to that track before. Yeah, so that's gonna be a pretty hard call. Yeah, well, I definitely get out there. It's gonna be it's basically just gonna be like let's get ready to rumble because that's gonna be whole lot to take into consideration and these guys are pretty skilled when it comes to strategy mm-hmm. um yeah come to think of it i don't even think nashville super speedway is even on the um uh the i racing simulator i don't know i have to check but uh mm-hmm. yeah like, even even if even if uh the drivers want to do like a te- some test laps on on the simulator i don't, like i think they're gonna have to add nashville to like to the simulator they might like I think because I know I'm Dylan Hart Jr. He has uh, ties with iRacing and their development and the and their development team. 
So yeah, they might have to take a trip out to Nashville, you know, just scan the track and then, you know, put it on iRacing so guys can test them out for themselves because there, there's st- still this ongoing rumor that NASCAR is not playing to bring back pra- uh, practicing or qualifying for next year. But like they're only, because they're only going to be limiting practicing and qualifying at certain tracks, like the, the new tracks on the schedule uh, in particular. Um, yeah, for them to practice at Nashville or qualify at Nashville, it's still, that's still in the question as far as if they're, that's, that's even going to be allowed, depending on how long the pandemic run. But oh my goodness, like if I would like, like people, like like if you want to know the reason why we're why, why me and Terrell remind you guys to wear a mask and not go to COVID parties, it's because we don't want this pandemic to stretch all the way until next summer. I mean, we really just don't. Like we really just don't because you know, like we're online are just not it. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. For everybody that's taking online classes right now, I know, you know, I know how tough it can be at times. I mean. I've, I've never been a fan of online classes and like, I understand like just, just knowing like, you know, you have to worry about zoom like internet connections, uh, checking in on blackboard or canvas or whatever you, whatever uh, you're using for your classes. And I have to check in constantly to make sure, you know, like a grade gets updated or an assignment gets updated. You probably wouldn't have seen your email. Like I understand how stressful that can be, but in all honesty, like, and really do you just in your heart of hearts, we just act like in our heart of hearts, we just ask everybody to just be responsible for with the, for this pandemic, because I, I am really banking on taking a trip to Nashville next summer to go to this race. So like, I'm banking on that hard, but, and like, but if I can't do but yeah, but again, like if, if the pandemic is going to put that, you know, put put that planned trip or you know that um that that schedule that um you know thought of trip on hold, then yeah, it's not. I'm not going to be the most happiest person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so yeah, we def- definitely just you know want to make sure you guys stay responsible. But um yeah, we just we just wanted to cover the 2021 schedule with that. I think it's all I think it's awesome and everything. And of course, you know, you're gonna have your uh regular tracks, you know, of course, you know, nothing's going to change with Daytona 500. They're still going to take place in February, Vegas, uh, out of clubs, Sonoma, Watkins Glen, uh, Kansas, you know, all the other tracks are still going to be on staying on the schedule, except for, with the exception of both Chicagoland and Kentucky, those tracks have been taking off, taking off the schedule for next year. So there will not be a Chicagoland race or a Kentucky race. So yeah, I'm sorry for those, if you're, for anybody that's listening from Kentucky or anybody that's listening from Illinois or the Chicago area, yeah, um, don't, don't expect to go to that track to watch a NASCAR race next summer, sadly. Sorry. But uh, I don't know, Terrell, like, how, do you, how do you feel about the new schedule? Do you think the new tracks, the new track additions are going to uh, do, any cha- do any good for the sport? I think it's going to do a whole lot of good for the sport, given, our, given the fan base, the publicity, and not to mention the ticket sales or mm-hmm. views, if you will because everybody's trying to social distance in this pandemic. But um, other than that, I think these guys are going to have a pretty good run. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty excited about it, too. I think um, the, the new schedule is definitely going to show some diversity in NASCAR. It's also going to be um, good for the cities that have been hoping to have NASCAR. And, um, yeah, I think, yeah, that's definitely a, definitely a big deal. I know, um, yeah, a lot, lot, like especially Nashville. You know, I know Nashville. They've been dying to get NASCAR back into the city, and uh, yeah, definitely. You know, they, they they've always represented NASCAR very well. Um, yeah, I hope that um, 
that uh next next summer's race goes well. And I hope I'm hoping down there of uh, like, I'm hoping down there in regards to how COVID uh, can you know calm down next summer. Hopefully it can calm down. Like please people like I want to have a I want to have a summer now. I want I, I want to like again like I we can, I cannot we cannot stress this enough. Like we want to have a summer where we can actually go to places and not have to worry about catching anything. We cannot stress this enough. <laughs> and I don't want to have to go like I don't want to have to go another moment of staring at a computer screen that's not Netflix. Right. Okay. Like, right. Please, just wear your mask, wash your hands, be responsible, and don't go to a COVID party. No, definitely not that. Please don't. I've been hearing about cases. I've been hearing about cases pop up on campus, and yeah, yeah. like, please, people, like. If you not, if you haven't caught COVID yet, Always. make sure you prevent. Make sure you prevent it from happening, please. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah. Anyway, I feel like with that, with that being said, I think Terrell, we're gonna wrap it up there for tonight. So yeah. yeah. So um, right. yeah, everybody. Yeah, thank you again for listening to the Real Deal Bros podcast slash radio show here on WSD Radio, the number one college radio station in New York. We want to wish everybody a safe weekend. You know, have a good, enjoy the rest of your Friday nights. And again, and again, and again, please, please stay safe from COVID. Wear your mask, social distance. Don't go to any COVID parties. Do whatever you can. And again, and again, again, please register to vote. Registration mm-hmm. deadlines are coming up in certain states. I know. Actually, yesterday I got my vote. I got my 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 mail my mailing ballot in the mail yesterday so i'm definitely going to be taking a look at that and make sure i turn in my ballot on time yeah make sure you turn like if, you, if you're voting by mail make sure you turn your voting ballots on time or if you're voting in person make sure you go to the go to the polls with your mask and social distance and do whatever you can to stay safe that's mm-hmm. all we ask that's yeah. all we ask but uh again yeah thank you guys for listening i've been phil paul and i'm terrell bird yep and as always make sure So keep it real. Good night, everybody. All right.